everyone out there, how's it going? Welcome to Screen Speak, the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson. This is my podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to come by. Let's get the plugs out of the way. So first, go ahead and follow the podcast on Spotify and download episodes off of Spotify and do the same for Apple Podcasts as well. You can also check out Screen Speak on the YouTube channel and give it a subscribe and hit the notification bell so that you're getting all the latest content off there. Uh, you can basically expect short clips uh, from episodes on there as well as eventual videos that will be coming up in the near future, so stay tuned for that. And then you can also check out the Instagram page for Screen Speak, which is just simply titled at Screen Speak Podcast. And from there, you can find a lot of different photos that I'll post uh, from some behind-the-scenes stuff on the podcast, give you a little hint uh, about some content that'll be coming up in the future, and it's just uh, another great way to support the podcast. So please, uh, please do one or all, if you're so inclined to, uh, because that would really mean a lot and help the podcast grow and continue to make me churn out more episodes. So I really appreciate you all being here once again. Uh, do all that stuff with the plugs I said. Do it. Do it. Why am I? Yeah, I don't know. Anytime I say do it, this is very random, but anyone ever seen the movie Starsky and Hutch? Um, it's the Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson movie that Todd Phillips directed. I think it was like in 2005. Uh, but one of the characters that Ben Stiller dresses up as, he says, do it. Do it. A lot. <laughs> he, says, he says it a lot. Uh, so yeah, just do it. And... Uh, listen to what i said for all the plugs okay great let's go ahead and jump into the content of the episode so today i'm going to talk about um yet another one of my favorite movies it is the movie rounders that stars matt damon edward norton john Turturro, famke jensen gretchen mole john malkovich and the late great martin landau uh, let's see, I think this movie, I'm holding it up because I, once again, am a, a obsessive when it comes to physical media, and I still love owning movies, um, and being able to hold them in my hand, so there you go. Uh, this movie came out in 1998, looks like, uh, I don't recall when, because, to be honest, I was born in 91, so I was very young, uh, <laughs> very young when this came out, so I'm not gonna recall exactly when it came out. Uh, but this, this movie rounders is, it's a really damn good movie. And I will say just all the reasons I like it real quick. Uh, it's not a review, but I, I, it's, it's hard for me not to, you know, gloat about how much I like this movie. Um, <clears throat> I'd say for starts, uh, the writing is really excellent across the board for this movie. Uh, I just think the dialogue across all the different characters, it's its very well done. Characters are fully fleshed out and realized. Um, the main ones that count, uh, Matt Damon, Edward Norton, um, <clears throat> yeah, they, they have they have nice character arcs, nice moments, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the writing is very good. I think the world, um, the world and the atmosphere of the movie is also very good. Uh, it's a movie that's all about poker. Uh, amongst other things, but primarily it's about poker, and I think the movie captures a, a side of poker that a lot of people um, really don't think about, or at least get to see in their average uh, everyday lives when they are playing it. And I also think that Rounders, uh, just as like a card movie or a movie about cards and gambling and that kind of thing, I think it really set like the like the example, or it's it's definitely, I think, amongst some of the best movies that come out about this type of subject. 
Uh, and I think a lot of movies have been trying to live up to it since. And, and there's been a few, I think, that have done honorable, um, have made an honorable pass at it. But Rounder still, to me, if I'm thinking of card movies, it's, it is, I think, probably my number one movie about like gambling and cards and, and that whole world. So it's awesome. <clears throat> All right, let me go ahead and jump into the synopsis on here. So I'm just going to, once again, as I've been doing in the last few episodes, read the back of the Blu-ray. So, Mike, Mc, uh, Mike McDermott, played by Matt Damon, promises to lay down his cards for good, but when his best buddy, Norton, uh, sorry, when his, <laughs> when his best buddy, uh, Worm, played by Edward Norton, gets in over his head with a ruthless underground club owner, Mike's loyalty draws him back into the game. Um, <clears throat> pretty good. So, I mean, that's 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 it. that is essentially the synopsis. But of course, like any really good movie, there's a lot of things going on beneath the layer and or beneath the layers, and there's a lot of other things just happening in this movie besides what was just mentioned on the synopsis. So, <clears throat> so first off, I want to talk about. Um, well, just my experience with gambling, thoughts on gambling, uh, and really just see where that takes us, because I think I think there's some interesting things to, to go there. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, first off, like just for myself, uh, I'm not a gambler. I don't think I've really ever been one for a few reasons. One, I, I think I've always been too cheap to gamble, if I'm being real. Uh, it, it's very hard for me to even like throw down $20 at a casino, even if it's like a slot machine or something. Um, granted on the slots, at least if you throw $20 down, you could probably make the money last longer by doing like penny slots or nickels or dimes or what have you. But then, uh, <clears throat> you may be able to last longer, but it's really almost just kind of a time suck and, and you're just sitting there for potentially hours on end if you're playing super small and you know, in the meantime you smell like cigarettes and basically just wishing that you weren't there. So, oh my gosh, hang on here. <clears throat> my throat is messing with me. <clears throat> ah, excuse me. I'll tell you what, it is allergies. Anytime... I always kind of worry about that if I like clear my throat or cough these days, especially with just everything that's going on. You really just don't want people to be alarmed. And so <clears throat> when I do that, people will naturally jump to that one thing that you hear about on the news. But anywho, this, you're, not, you're not here to listen to that. <laughs> okay, so back to gambling. Um, I'm too cheap to do it for the most part. Uh, casinos just as a whole, I think they can be fun. Uh, I, I like their buffets. A lot of the casinos that I've ever been to in my life, they always seem to have pretty good buffets, uh, with a lot of stuff that I like to eat. doesn't necessarily make it healthy stuff, but it is stuff that I like to eat all the same. <clears throat> um, and then let's see, uh, what else on gambling? Um, they, they, a lot of them smell. I mean, I, I think that at one point, like, I mean, and maybe maybe a lot of them still do. I'm not really familiar with uh, all the laws that go on with casinos, but a lot of them smell like cigarettes. Uh, a lot of them smell like cigarettes and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I'm not really a fan of secondhand smoke or, or really smelling like smoke. It's hard to get off your clothes, et cetera, et cetera. It's just not really, not really for me. Um, you know, and, and then of course, I mean, there's, you know, there's usually a lot of elderly people there and I'm not saying like anything that like, you know, I'm not saying elderly people smell, not saying that, 
but when there is just a lot of like older people and cigarettes and drinking and that kind of thing, the whole whole vibe and atmosphere is something I'm not really really into all that much. But you know, that's just me. <clears throat> now that said, um, despite all my hangups on on gambling and whatnot, uh, I've certainly tried it uh, a couple different times. Um, <clears throat> I've tried it at like local casinos, uh, just kind of around the area. But then I have, I have tried it once uh, out in Las Vegas, and I lost pr- pretty pretty quickly. Uh, I did slots out there, and I think I got to play for like 15 minutes and feel feel cool, and and that was fun. Uh, but then I guess the the thing I really wanted to try, just to say I've done it once, uh, was I I did try doing blackjack actually at a like legit you know casino in in Las Vegas. And I remember, <clears throat> I remember that I didn't do like the Austin Powers thing, but I was really tempted to, you know, the, you know, let's say I get like a 10 or, you know, and then like the dealer draws another card and I get like a 18 or something. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll stay or the opposite of that. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, I didn't do that, but I threw down some money and I think I was in the match for maybe two minutes. I mean, it was pretty quick. Like they, they just took my money and I was like, well, and uh, now I can say I've done that and it, it's, it's time to roll or it's time to move on. So that's pretty much my gambling stories. Um, well actually, no, I guess there's one more. The, the first time I ever actually did go gambling, um, <clears throat> it was at a local, uh, a casino near near the area I'm at. And I remember I did the slots and I did feel cool because it was like two, I don't know, two turns in and I ended up winning like $90 and that felt like a million dollars to me. And probably most people would have stayed, but I just saw money and I was like, woo, like, 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 let's cash out. Nope, nope. Time to go. Time to go. Um, Which really is kind of a waste too when you think about it, because if you're traveling like, I don't know, a couple hours or even an hour to a casino, you should probably stay there for longer than like a half hour to just have the gas money alone being spent going there uh, worth your while. So I didn't really think that through, but yeah, that's that's my gambling stories. So woo, but <clears throat> back to rounders. Um, you know, gambling in the movie, I I think it's interesting to talk about because from the character that Matt Damon plays, Mike uh, Mike McDermott, he is a very skilled card player. He is somebody that's been doing it for a while, and he definitely doesn't really stay in the main scene or like the main casinos, though they do go there, um, at least to Atlantic City, I think, at one point, which outside of Vegas, that's another one of the big gambling capitals of the United States. Um, but he does a lot of underground gambling, <clears throat> and that's, of course, a different style of gambling. Uh, just mainly being uh, in the legality of it, because in the case of Matt Damon's character, uh, one of the the top top places that he goes to is this uh, Russian KGB or Teddy KGB, as he's called in the movie. He's played by John Malkovich. Um, he's like the top high stakes underground game that's in New York. But then there's other uh, other ones that they go to in like various bars and backs of houses or at like rich sorority places. There's there's a lot of different places that they go do it at. But the underground of of the gambling scene in the movie is actually really interesting. But I want to say want to say one more thing about actual gambling. <clears throat> the the interesting thing that I find about gambling actually throughout the movie is that. In particular for Matt Damon, he 
he's quite skilled at the game and the movie has a very smart use of voiceover at kind of explaining the rules from a rudu- uh, yeah rudimentary is that right from that that's that's when smart people are trying to explain something to someone that's probably not going to get it I think that's the expression I don't know um, <clears throat> but the movie does a smart use of, of sharing those voiceovers and getting you inside the head the headspace of the character so you can understand what they're thinking while they're playing. Uh, it certainly makes a movie about poker and so much of a, a thinking man's game uh, much more accessible to an audience. So I think the movie's really good with that. But I feel like I'm I feel like I'm like I keep delaying the point for <laughs> for this gambling thing. The point that I keep trying to arrive at for gambling is that I think just gambling as a whole, I mean, unless like you're really good at it, you're probably either a sucker or you're addicted to it and you're losing a bunch of money and it's really bad for you and you've called like that 1-800-BETS-OFF number. Like that's to me the criteria of gambling. Or I guess that maybe you're just a casual gambler. I take it back. There's four. A casual gambler, gambling addict, um, really good at gambling, like a hustler. Um, that's another good movie. Paul Newman, wink, wink, or why did I say wink, wink? I don't know. The color of money too. That's like the sequel to the hustler. Okay. Stay on point, Jordan. Don't do it. Um, and then there's the gambling addict. So the <clears throat> reason I identify those categories is because I, I mean, I, I wouldn't think that the movie about cards and, and like making the world seem like really intriguing and cool and, and, and fun and exciting and dangerous. I wouldn't think that it's trying to do an anti-gambling message, but it is interesting because Matt Damon's character really has a gambling problem. He has a compulsion to do it. It's right from the opening of the movie. He has money hidden all around his apartment. He's a broke college student just trying to make ends meet, but he's essentially gambling his tuition and future um, every night when he goes out to play. And so I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll touch back on that point. I think later on in this episode, but I don't think the movie's bad for having it not like be like an anti gambling movie. I didn't, I don't think it needs to do that at all in the movie. I mean that you can see for yourself, the, the consequence that being an addict will do in particular for the case of worm, which I will also get to later in this episode. But Anyway, just something to kind of noodle over is how you feel about gambling while I continue on with the rest of this. So, interesting. Now, I want to talk also about the the underground. Isn't that such an interesting thing, the underground of something? It seems so cool. Uh, in, in this case, the underground of poker, uh, Texas Hold'em, and you know all those things. I, I don't even know what Texas Hold'em means, but they, they talk about it in the movie. They say it's like the Cadillac of poker, I think is the line they use. But... <clears throat> An underground of something just sounds really cool, I think. Uh, and I always wonder, like, how many undergrounds there are. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, like, just how many different types of underground. Because I think the underground, like, if you say it, most people are probably going to associate it with, I don't know, like, Fast and Furious, or at least before it became all about uh, crazy stunts and, you know, defying the physics and just nonsensical characters and, and, and well, let's just face it, lunacy. Uh, for some of it, uh, but there's like underground racing. Uh, I think there's like underground sports, right? Like, isn't there like some like hardcore sports people? That's a thing. Like, like a deep underground network of skateboarders. I feel like that's maybe it was a thing or it still is a thing somewhere. But that's another underground. 
Uh, I think there's an underground food scene. I think I actually alluded to that uh, in, in episode two with the movie Pig because that was talking all about uh, or at least showing the underground food scene of Portland and it being all hip and cool. But I guess I'm more asking the, the audience as a hypothetical. What are the other, the other undergrounds out there? And more importantly, if there was an underground that you could be a part of, which one would it be? Think about that. I am thinking for myself, uh, I don't think I could do the racing one. I think I drive too safe. I, I, I drive like an old man, in all honesty. So I don't think I could do that. The card playing one, definitely not uh, smart enough to, to try to pull that off. Or I, I shouldn't say that. It's always it's always bad when you talk like that, isn't it? You know, you're, you know, people are like, you shouldn't say that about yourself. Don't say that. And they're right. You know, I think they're right. That's it, negative thinking. So let's let's ditch that. I will just say my mind is not made for cards. That's that's the that's the good way, right? Or the right way of putting it. I think so. Um. Ooh, oh, you know what? I forgot another another underground underground fighting, right? Like underground boxing, like Fight Club, um, things like that. That one could be kind of cool, but I feel like I'd get my ass kicked too. I've never been in the fight. Though I, I did get punched in the face once uh, in the fifth grade, I want to say. We were rehearsing a stage play and a, um, we were doing a fake fight and a punch came my way and I took it for real and rolled on the ground and uh, the kid apologized right away so it's not not a big deal. So that that's my exposure with punching. But I, I remember as a kid, uh, that hurt quite a bit. So no, I don't think I would want to do that either. Um, hmm. You know what? Just because now I'm I'm so hooked on this subject of undergrounds, I I'm gonna Google it for a second. Let's see, what are all the underground uh, scenes? Is that it? Let me see. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Here we go. Underground music. That's another one. Um, that that'd be kind of cool. It's probably actually an underground movie scene too, with like really. Like you know, super low budget films like made with like two dollars in a and fruit and fruit roll up or something that that probably exists out there too. Um, uh, underground underground music, I think I said that. Underground culture, what is that? Well, I got I now I'm curious. I'm, you're gonna join me with my curiosity on this. We got to figure this out. So according to Wikipedia. Underground culture, or simply underground, is a term to describe various alternative cultures which either consider themselves different from the mainstream of society and culture, or are considered so by others. Hmm. So is that like like hipsters? Goths? You know, geeks? Jocks? Are those all different? I mean, some of those aren't underground if they're popular, I guess. I don't know. You know what? This... Yeah. Yeah, I could continue to talk about the underground stuff, but I think you get it. Uh, I'd probably just be a part of the underground movie scene or maybe music because I actually do like a lot of music. So there you go. And let me know what you would do. Um, I, I just realized you can't comment on Spotify or Apple, I don't think. But if you plug, plug, we got to do another plug. If you go to the YouTube page, you can subscribe to there and you can let me know there in one of the videos. Boom. Did that make sense? Don't care. We're moving on. <laughs> okay, um, so I want to talk uh, also about Edward Norton in this movie because I like Edward Norton a lot. I've seen him in a number of movies, but this is probably my favorite movie I think that he's done. And some people would maybe find that debatable, 
mostly I think because his character is is kind of I mean he's not he's not kind of he is a low life in a way. Um, he he's not really a great person. He's a con man, bit of a cheat, not really honest, uh, manipulates people, <laughs> etc. But Edward Norton does it so convincingly in the movie that it's it's you can see why people would at the very least like him from just a surface level because he does have charm. You can tell he's smart. He has quick wit about him, uh, knows how to think on his feet. So there are qualities about the character that are interesting. But ultimately, uh, he's really not a good person. He will use you, abuse you, and and leave you. Or some, yeah, something along those lines. Um, <clears throat> but, on this, but thinking about Edward Norton, um, in this movie, like I said, he is pretty much the definition of a really bad friend. Or somebody that is not a good influence to be around. Um, I mean, there's multiple times in this movie, well, actually, I mean, right from the get-go, we, we meet him when he's in jail for, I think they said he was, like, forging credit cards or something like that, uh, but, you, but you meet the character when he's in jail, and then, uh, Matt Damon eventually meets up with him when he gets released, uh, because they went to, I think they were, like, in the same, like, private boarding school together, and they were, like, the only two kids that, like, weren't trust fund babies, and so, like, they kind of watched each other's backs and got into some fights. And then they also played cards together. So that's another way that they knew each other. And and Matt Damon was trying to um, trying to lay, leave the card life behind. Uh, because I guess I'm kind of jumping around in the story here as I'm talking about it out loud. But early on in the movie, he ends up losing, uh, I, as he refers to it, his bankroll to Teddy KGB. He loses, like, $30,000. And it's like everything he has, and it's like the, I think it's the most money that he's ever lost in a single game. <clears throat> so it's the most money he's lost in a single game. And he has a, a girlfriend that is uh, going to law school, and they, they live together. And she, you know, is basically like, like any partner that sees somebody doing something destructive she's like you i really want you to stop this you need to stop doing this you're addicted to it it's just going to make you lose money blah 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 she knows that that he is really good at it but she just doesn't think it's really worth the risk um <clears throat> but anyhow jumping back to worm edward norton um matt damon meets him when he gets out of prison and i think before he met him out of jail uh, he hadn't been playing cards uh, in the underground, I think, for like over a year or something. Like he he did go straight for a while, and he was just like, "I'm trying to be a good friend. I'm just gonna like show him a good time, and I will leave." But that's a slippery slope to go on, especially when you're with a good friend that has history with you and and knows all the good ways to pull your strings. Because it's not too long that that friendship falls back into its. Um, early routines uh, of mischief and not mayhem, but just mischief because they eventually start playing cards together and Matt Damon's getting fully back into the underground and doing his thing. But, but meanwhile, Edward Norton, AKA worm, which that's, I mean, that's another reason why, you know, the guy's bad. His name is worm. And I mean, I, I, th I don't know if they actually say his real name in the movie, but everybody just calls him Worm in the movie because the guy is. He's a, kind of a snake. He, he's, a, he's a worm. You can't really trust him. He wiggles his way out of problems. <laughs> but, uh, but before too long, you find out that while he was in jail, Worm, that he had, uh, meantime on the outside, had a, had a debt going against him. I, I don't know all the, the mafia terms of when you owe money, uh, but the juice. Yeah, that's what they say. The, the, the juice was running. 
uh, on his outstanding debt that he had. And so the mob, uh, the Russian mob and et cetera in the area, they, they want it back. And so when he gets out of jail, he's like, well, I better start like doing a bunch of gambling and cards because I have no money and I'm probably going to get the shit kicked out of me or get killed if I continue to do this. So anywho... Because of that, that urgent need to get money, he, he gambles excessively, ropes uh, Mike, Matt Damon, into the, into the you know, in, back into the gambling scene, and in turn ends up getting a bunch of debt turned on to, to Mike, which really is not good for a friendship, uh, I would say. Um, I mean, money and friends rarely mix, let alone that mixes in family. And, you know, in fact, money can just ruin a lot of relationships for a lot of different reasons. It's very very personal thing um, and, and something that, you know, if not used properly, etc. cetera, um, yeah, it, it can definitely, definitely do a lot of harm if you're not careful. And in the case of friendship, severe, severe harm. Um, <clears throat> and that was making me think, you know, have I had like a bad friend, like a friend that I've been friends with for a long time, but I shouldn't be friends with him, but I like to hang out with him because he's still a good time. Um, well, I'm, th- I'm thinking about this on the spot. I would say right now, no. Uh, I, I don't think I have anybody that I would consider to be a bad influence on me like that. But I but I certainly have had them in the past. Um, yeah, I, I, I won't name anybody on here because, you know, it's, you know, it does no good kicking up, kicking up that stuff from the past. It, it, it's in the past for a reason. But... Yeah, I, I've had, there's there's two that come to mind off the top of my head. Uh, one in particular was one that I hung out with probably longer than I should have. And th- th- thankfully, I, I, I had like a feeling deep down, like even not, not super early on into the friendship, but like enough time went by that I, I was just uncomfortable with some stuff. And I was like, well, you know, I, I don't really think I should continue this. Um, but my rec- if my recollection serves me right, I actually told the person, um, I-, I did tell them, you know, why I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, kind of distancing myself. Don't really want to hang out, um, for various reasons. And if I didn't, um, maybe, you know, maybe one of these days I'll run into the person and, and tell them because I-, I do think that kind of stuff, you shouldn't beat around the bush about it. Um, it is definitely best to be honest about that kind of thing, just so that you're not making things weird between the two of you and, and that you're just able to go on your, you know, and go on your separate ways and, and live the life that, that you think you're meant to live. So anywho, but yeah, bad friends, um, they, they can really do some damage, uh, a lot of different reasons. So I don't know, just care, you know, be careful about the company you hang out with, uh, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm pretty mindful of that sometimes. I, I don't really necessarily like want to have like a million friends. I, I would rather have people that, you know, select few people that I feel close with or, or something along those lines. Uh, just because if I have too many friends, I mean, one, I don't really feel like I can form uh, relationships uh, or at least genuine relationships with them. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that you run into and, and meet in life that may be like surface friends. And, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I am more interested in, in something more deep and like raw and real and that kind of thing. And I don't know, I, I just would rather, I would rather spend my time connecting with, with a few rather than many. So that's enough of me talking about friends. Jeez. <clears throat> uh, let's talk about poker. The thing that this movie's about, um, well, first off, in the movie, poker seems cool. 
Uh, I realize the movie, in a way, uh, depending on how you look at it, could be viewed as a cautionary tale because, again, uh, you could become a gambling addict, you could lose all your money, you could get involved with the mob, get beat up, um, maybe get killed. Uh, who knows? There's, there's a lot that seems potentially bad with it if you were not skilled at it. But if you were skilled at it, there could be some upside, and at the very least, uh, I'm sure you'd feel alive if you're doing it, especially if you're doing it well. Uh, and that's what I think that's the thing I really like about poker in this movie is that you get that aspect of it rather than a gambling a, a gambler's aspect. Uh, you get to see people that are professional. Um, you get to see how their how their mind operates and how there are the ones that go for the big the big bets the big pots they go after it and then there's others that are just uh, I, I think John Turturro's character he's a uh, I'm trying to think what Matt Damon refers to him as. Uh, a grinder, I think that's what he is. Is like just somebody that that does it to just literally make a living. They're not doing it really for thrills. It's it's just purely a numbers game for them. <clears throat> um, but for Matt Damon in particular, one of the things I really like that he says early on in the movie is he he's when he's first referring to the subject of grinding and and people that are doing it. You know, they're working it out. They're grinding it out. Um. You can tell you can tell that he's saying it with respect, and and I think he means it. There's some sincerity behind it. And at one point in the movie, that's what he's having to do. He's having to grind it out. But as he says at one point, uh, if you're not if you're not careful, and or if you get too careful, your whole your whole life is going to become a grind. And that that is amongst uh, some of the the more true words I've heard. Um, in, in life, not just in this movie, but I mean, that, that's, I think that's, that's just some, some cold hard facts in life. If you're too safe all the time, um, then, you know, that's what your life will become. It'll become safe. You know, you may fail sometimes, but sometimes failure is meant to happen before you can succeed again. So I don't know, but I, I, I like that aspect. It's very, it's very interesting. And I think, well, hang on. I want to, I want to talk one more thing about poker. Yes. Yeah. I remember now. Um, one of the other things I like about this movie is again, I'm going to say the use of voiceover and how it explains it. Cause again, it's all from a layman's term. So it is easy to understand as an audience member. It doesn't get like too in the weeds with like all the different strategies and like counting cards or, or any of that, you know, more, uh, let's just face it, but more of the math side of it. The movie focuses more on, uh, focuses on the man, you know, focuses on the person and the psychological game that poker really is in the long run. Uh, and I really like that stuff. Just seeing people read each other's, like looking for each other's tells, um, knowing when to fold, knowing when to, you know, go all in all those different things. And the movies, the movie walks a good line between being edgy and being sophisticated with how it's showing it, but still making it accessible for a person like me that's not really into poker, but likes the world of it, that likes seeing the stakes that are involved, that likes seeing people good at something, excel at it, and, and see how they can work the system. I, I really, really like that aspect about this movie. Um, <clears throat> and now... I think I think the last the, well the last thing I want to talk about because I know I'm going to spend a decent amount of time on this is is talking about destiny, uh, and and this is really I would say where Martin Landau's character is really the core of the film. I, I think he's he's actually to me the heart of the movie uh, and one of the real 
one of the real deeper themes of this movie that that connects all the way through, but it's his character that really um, that really states it for the audience in, in one particular scene. Um, how how Matt Damon's character is going to have to continue forward or go back, and I, I'll make I'll make sense of that here in a second. But <clears throat> in the movie Martin Landau, he plays. Uh, a judge at the school that uh, that Matt Damon is going to for law school because I haven't mentioned it at all during this, but Matt Damon for his day job is a law student and he lives with his girlfriend, which is also another law student at the same school. So they're supposed to be going to law school together. His plan is just to you know become a lawyer. He wants to get a summer a summer clerkship or internship at one of the uh, at the judge's um, office. You say at the judge's office, is that a thing? Their chambers? What What is the term for judges or where they work? The city? I, I don't know. So, somebody in law that's listening out there, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But that's what he's trying to do, Mike. He, he is trying to become uh, just a lawyer, but he keeps going back to cards. He keeps going back to cards and, you know, part of it is, is likely addiction because I think gambling, there is some compulsion um, to continue to do it. But in the case of, of Mike, he's actually really good at it. And and what's worse is that he actually knows he's really good at it. And, and he he's had different moments in life where he tests himself, where he's really tested himself. And in fact, at one point, he actually goes up against the world, uh, yeah, the world champ. I think it's the world champ or the champ of the USA or whatever, but it's Johnny Chan. That's how I remember that. And I think Someone could look this up, but I think Johnny Chan actually was a real uh, poker champion out there. I don't know, because I, I don't follow that, but I'm pretty sure he's a real dude, so somebody can look that up. But he's conflicted. Uh, Mike is conflicted throughout a lot of the movie, and I think what he's mostly conflicted over is how much of himself can he really give to you know, one thing while still supporting another, or is he able to do both? So for him, you know, is he able to fully study law and and fully commit himself to the practice of trying to become a lawyer and really pursue that and still maintain his gambling and the quality at which he plays and 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 does all that with poker? And you know, throughout the movie you can tell like he's wrestling with it and he's certainly off balance with it and poker is is heavily leaning into his life. I mean, he it's like he tries to fight it, but but he can't help but keep going back to it. And so Martin Landau, he's a he's a judge, and he's I would say a mentor to to Matt Damon in the movie to Mike. And you know I think he he senses that he has like one foot in, one foot out, but he recognizes his skill er, early on. He recognizes his skill because they uh, he uh, Mike walks in, the judge is playing a, a judge's game, which is this very famous. Um, underground game that all these city the city judges play in the area, uh, and it's like an exclusive club. They don't let any outsiders in. It's very hush hush, uh, but they all do it for fun. And it's a fairly low pot, but it's like real influential people that play. And Matt Damon walks in, and he's able to essentially guess what everybody at the table's gonna do by hardly even looking at things. And I think that's where Martin Landau, a professor. Pro- tri- Oh my gosh, Professor! I'm I'm gonna look up his name because I can't think of it. Not that his character's name matters for the sake of this episode, uh, but it's a Professor Petrosky. I, gosh, my gosh, I can't. 
Oh, I gotta have all these tabs up in front of me. Well, let's see, Martin Lando. Why, why is it showing all the other minor characters, but it's not showing Martin Lando, who's definitely one of the more important characters in this movie? What is happening here? Martin Lando. Oh my gosh, where, where are you? Martin. Let's see. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. uh, first off, I'm just looking at character's name now. It looks like Edward Norton. His his real name is Lester Murphy, but they call him Worm. I think they do say it actually once in the movie, but eh, who knows? Uh, let's see. Well, IMDb better have it. I'll tell you what. Okay, Abe Petrovsky. There we go. Could not say that to save my life, and I'm not going to try and say it again. But <laughs> uh, he's a professor, and at one point, it's. I think it's like my. It is my. It is no. It is. It is my favorite scene in the movie. Matt Damon meets up with him uh, to apologize for once again being late uh, for a law class, and he's like, "I'm so sorry," but he's like, "You know, I just didn't want you to think I was wasting your time or something along those lines," and and Martin Landau he launches into this wonderful story about how when when he was you know I'm gonna I gotta look up the story because I I really. I don't want to get any part of it wrong, so bear with me here one second. Play like some Jeopardy waiting music while I'm doing this. Rounders, Martin Landau story, or bar story? Well, let's try that. I'm sure it'll it'll come up when I do that. I'm sure. Uh, okay. Yes, I think I found it. Let's see. Nope. No, that's I got. You know, why why can't I just find this stuff? Oh, okay. Let's see. We'll we'll tr we'll try this instead. Isn't this fun? Does anybody else do this? They think out loud or you know, just go through the uh, I don't know. Just, you know, you guys can be patient. I I think you can be patient. Nope. That's also not it. I need the entire scene, not just the quote. Uh, is this going to be it? Mm, no. You know what? Uh, well, okay, we're going we're gonna to try this one last one, see if it shows up here. And I just found a whole thing asking if I'm an, like an Aquarius or something. Uh, why? Why? Uh, okay. Well, I just wasted the last couple minutes talking about that, but that's okay. I'll try to just go off the top. Um, so Martin Landau, he 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 senses that Matt Damon is is going through something. He he senses, I think, that he's conflicted in in what he should really devote himself to entirely. And so then he's like, "May I tell you a story?" And he's like, and Matt Damon's like, "Of course, please." And he tells this story about how his his parents wanted him to be a rabbi. I believe is what it is because his father was a rabbi and like his father's father was a rabbi. And so it was something that they felt he was destined for and that he was meant to do. And at a young age, he says that he had a, a very good understanding of the practice and he had a, he had a very good head on his shoulders with it and would have no doubt been a natural at it. But then <clears throat> he ended up getting in the law and he kept going back to law and he found that that's where his heart truly lie. And, and one day he ended up telling this to his, to his father and to his father, he says that he was devastated, that he could make no longer 
you know, he, I think he says he was inconsolable, you know, just like speechless. He was so disappointed that his son did this. But that Petrosky, uh, Martin Landau, he knew that he, he knew that that's what he had to do. And and so he said that he, you know, he made that decision, but he found his life's work, his, his life's calling, his purpose. And and that, you know, if he had to do it over again, he, he would he would not have done it any differently. He, he still would have pursued the path he did. And the point that he arrives to when he says all this, which I'm going to throw in the audio clip on here. I hope it doesn't get pulled down. It's just like three seconds. Please don't take it down, Spotify. But he tells him this. We can't run from who we are. Our destiny chooses us. The way, the, like the way he says that, and just the mood of the scene and everything, it rings true. And I think for anybody out there that is in a similar situation or ever has been, that you feel like you kind of have you have one foot in, one foot out, or you feel like you're really good at something, but you've never really been given a shot to do it, and you just kind of feel like you're fooling yourself by doing something else. I mean, this is a very relatable feeling, I think, for a lot of people out there, whether people want to admit to it or not. I, I think it's it's incredibly relatable, and and yeah, I think that that scene just always really stuck, uh, really stuck with me. And I think that's it's honestly a piece of advice uh, that I, I still remember, and and I'll I'll recite it to people this day. I, I don't take credit for. It. I don't like say that I came up with this piece of wisdom, but. Uh, certainly the writer rounders did because it's it's very very true and so just you know broadly speaking i'll say that's one of the reasons that i absolutely love and cherish movies is because of moments like that it's not filled with special effects it's not even some shocking moment or you know very funny it's just a very it's a very simple understated moment between two characters in a real life setting that's you know, it's, it's powerful it's it's speaking truth it's it's finding the truth in something i realize that sounds like me trying to I don't know, talk about the process of acting which is something i am really interested in but i don't know I, I i really admire that about movies i feel like there are certain movies out there that they're just trying to they're just trying to have an understanding of things they're trying to reach reach for truth, reach for, uh, authenticity. And I don't know that moment in rounders. I, I think it's a beautiful moment. I think the, the words, um, if anybody needs to hear that or needs to listen to it, I, I think it could actually help out a lot of people. And yeah, it's, it's one of my, my favorite moments from a script and movies and Martin Landau rest in peace. Um, such a great actor, such a great character actor, and and I, I'm so glad that he was the one that that ultimately got to have that great monologue with Matt Damon, and and really have that scene I think really serve as like the heart of the movie and like the core of one of the messages I think that the movie Rounders have, and that's that you can't really run from your destiny. Your your destiny chooses you, and you know. That, and then that, that takes us closer to the ending of the movie where Matt Damon, he is able to get uh, his pot back. He's able to get a lot of his money back and, and you know, pay back the people that he owed money to and basically gets just enough to break even. But he goes through such an experience 
you know, losing it all in the beginning, winning it all back. But then when he learns from Petrosky, uh, the hard lesson he learned from um, being an enabler for his friend, Worm, uh, who eventually ends up just getting out of town. You don't even see or hear from him again, but God knows what happens to him. I can't. I don't really think someone like him is bound to change. But for the character of Mike, there's there's this sense that that it's it actually may be possible for him to actually become a poker like a, a great poker player like not just amateur but like actually be a professional and do it legit and like enter in at like tournaments and become like recognized around the world there's a sense of hope for that and the movie's not clear to whether or not he'll actually attain it but i don't think that's the point i think the by the by the end of the movie, I think the point is is that he realizes who he is and fully accepts it and embraces it and doesn't try to fight it anymore. And for better or worse, he's going to lean into it and, and see where it takes him. And I think there's a sense of comfort that the character takes with that. And I think as an audience member, you respect somebody that is able to fully own who they are, good side and bad, and... Even with the bad, they they accept it, and they just keep rolling. And it's for all those reasons and more that the movie Rounders is such a damn good movie. Not just about cards, but um, there's just a lot of really smart life lessons, I think, in the movie. And it's also, I'll just say, it's a very rewatchable movie. I, I think... A lot of my movies that I own, I rewatch a number of them, but Rounders, I feel like, is a really easy to come back to one just because the dialogue is so good. Uh, the life lessons, they're good reminders every now and again, especially when we hear some of the ones that we need to um, hear again because we've forgotten or just, as I said, need a reminder. Um, and it, and it's also just a very entertaining movie. There's some there's some good good humor in it too. Uh, the stakes still feel real. I, I think the tension even in the scenes when I when I know that they're coming, um, I still feel them. And it's pretty rare for a movie, um, especially like one about cards or anything like that, can still make me feel that tension and excitement and, and all that stuff after so many viewings. But Rounders is an absolutely awesome movie. And again. Uh, if I have it, if you ha <laughs> if I have not made it clear over the course of this episode, um, Martin Landau, he he is a legend. Uh, miss him to this day in movies. Um, it's just really 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 likable, um, great actor. And and that scene where he talks about not fighting who you are that is that is some relatable stuff. So that's yeah. You know what? I think I think that's all I got. That's all I got for the episode today. So, whew, Rounders. Great, great movie. All right, well, with that said, uh, I appreciate everybody for taking the time to, to listen. Um, yeah, just really, really appreciate you being here again. Uh, go ahead and follow, uh, follow and download episodes of Screen Speak on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, etc., etc., and I will see you all in the next episode. Take care, everybody. And and also, yeah, I guess this is, yeah, th this is getting, yeah, this is posted on Friday. <laughs> right. Uh, have a good weekend. Have a good long weekend because it is Labor Day weekend. So definitely, definitely make the most of that and just take care of yourselves. Keep watching movies and 
my gosh, I'm, I'm just going to end this now. This is a long-winded exit. Why? Why? Go into the weekend. Have some fun. Watch movies. Goodbye. See you. Bye-bye.